You're listening to episode 31 of Daughters on Fire with your host, Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In today's episode, Robin and I are going to continue our segment called Conversations. So Robin and I find ourselves at two different places on the caregiving journey. And that's one reason why we complement each other so well to help bring you vital information. So Robin's been there, she's gone through the hard stuff, and she's had to say goodbye to both of her parents as the primary caregiver for them. Myself, I'm involved in caring for my parents, but they're at the beginning stages, and they're kind of more independent, and I come in to help out when needed. So Robin and I talk about what's ahead for me. And for you all on the journey, it's great to hear from Robin and what she's been through. And she really gives it to us straight. Surprisingly, um, some of what she said was a little bit funny and unexpected, but it was real. And I really appreciated that as a friend. And it's really nice to know that she is going to be there for me as a friend. And we are there for all of you as you go through this journey, caregiving for those you love. So stay tuned as we have a really deep and wonderful conversation. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. All right, Robin, today we're having another conversation, which I'm kind of excited about these formats that we're introducing because it's just you and I talking about all of our perspectives and experiences through the lens of what we know. And that's a lot. <laughs> that's not a bragging point. That just means we've been around. We've been around the the track, or what's the saying? We've been around the block around a couple the block. of times. In this conversation, Robin's going to give me some advice. So, what's nice about how we complement each other in this daughters on fire journey is that we're at two different places professionally. We have seen hundreds of families through all sorts of issues, um, crises, you know, from starting a diagnosis to end of life. But for you and I personally, we're at two different places. You've been there, done that, and had to say goodbye to both your parents. And so your journey comes more from you're the wise one who's been through it. My journey is actually more at the beginning stages. My, I'm in it with my parents. I've had to deal with kind of more. I'm going from the, the starting to see the cracks in the independence to being more involved and being more hands on, but it's not day to day. So it's when I get those little glimpses, glimpses of how hard it's going to be down the road, I start to get a little nervous and I, because I've seen so many people go through it. So Robin, let's just talk and you tell me from what it was like for you when you were in that first stage and what it looked like as you went through it and any advice you would have for me as someone who is wading into it. Well, I think that in the beginning, the first stage is you start noticing things and, and you 
I felt a sense of dread. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. What, what what's coming next? What's happening? Am I going to be able to get through this? And most importantly, my thought was, I don't want to get through this. I don't want to be the bad guy. I don't want to make my mom sad or force her, for lack of a better word, to do certain things for her safety. And it was truly a sense of dread of, why do I have to be the one to do this? Why am I going through this? So I think that, you know, we often maybe talk on these podcasts and in blogs about the not so happy things. And we do talk about the dread and we talk about different feelings of not wanting to do it or having it hard or being sad. But you know what? It isn't easy. It is a hard road and you will face things on this journey that are hard and things you don't want to do and you don't want to hurt their feelings. And there's going to be times when they absolutely don't want you around. And it may be, you know, Melissa, you are a kid. You cannot tell me what to do. And, you know, you're thinking I'm a licensed professional Mm -hmm. and To them, you are still the kid. But we do have to be advocates. We do have to help out. And I don't want people to think that you're out there alone because it is hard. And there's things they're going to say and there's things they're going to do that are just going to cut you. And you have to move on. And you will get past it. And, And you know that all relationships are difficult. But you have to remember the past relationships and how things went. And a lot of times personalities don't change. Sometimes they do with dementia. But for the most part, how your family dynamic is, is how it will continue to be. So when they come back to you and tell you, I'm not doing this, you can't tell me what to do, or say ugly things to you, that's normal. That happens. And not to say that it's not hurtful because it is. And those are the th- sometimes the, the voices in my head that I hear those words more than the loving voices. But I think human nature is to avoid when we, when it's something uncomfortable. And that's true, but you are truly the advocate and you've got to remember that whatever you're doing isn't out of meanness. It is truly because you need to help them through. You need to keep them safe. That is your responsibility to keep them safe at all cost. And that could be the hard conversations. We talked in a last podcast about driving. We've talked about when it's time for mom to move into a facility or bring people into the home. Those are all really hard conversations and they hurt, but they have to be, it has to happen. Now we also talked in the whole driving situation and and other situations that there are those that they want to move to a facility or they want to no longer drive and they don't want to take care of their finances. Those are few and far between, but I don't want to give you the illusion that it's all going to be hunky dory, lovey doodle. Lovey doodle. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. 
okay, I guess love I can doodle. kiss lovey doodle goodbye. <laughs> ask you, do you think it was as bad as the dread you had in the beginning? Like, I mean, I know that it was probably pretty tedious, but that dread was, was it realized? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> And, and I think that you have to hear people, we tell you the truth, no matter how hard it, it, it hits you. Well, and I think I want to say that because it was. Now, some of the little things that I sweated along the way, things that I could, you know, give me a little pee and I'll roll it into a cantaloupe. It just, um, those, some of those things were never realized. But there were the very hard conversations and I, I put them off as long as I could, just like everybody else. I mean, that's just what we do. But yes, I think through these courses and through our conversations, hopefully you all are preparing yourselves mentally a little bit more. And I guess I alluded myself to I'm a professional and I can do this and it'll be fine but it is a whole different ball game when you've got emotions involved so I do think that the more preparations when you're in early stages and they're still able to make decisions and talk I cannot express to you and enough that you've got to get these conversations done and I know Melissa you've just done the hard work of being with your parents and and going to make preparations and walk through all of that mm-hmm. and yeah, I- we just did for to for some background I just helped my parents set up um, a trust which ironically Robin that wasn't hard at all that was that was playing to my strengths. It was, it was kind of a bonding experience, which I'm learning in this is that if I can play to my strengths and I can do more like going and picking up groceries and dropping them off, um, you know, doing the, taking them, I'm literally, we had to drive like almost an hour to, to the lawyer's office on multiple occasions. And we all three process through what were the best options and stuff that might sound really tedious to somebody, but that for me was playing to my strengths. And so it ended up being, it was an obligation, but one that I think we, we, it brought us closer together more so than it was a dreaded burden. And if I had to deal with more of those, I would be just fine. It's, it's some of the, it's probably a different dread of um, enmeshment, like life seeping in and, and not having a sense of, of self and autonomy that like I can do what I need to do when there's a crisis going on that like, Oh my goodness, if there's a crisis going on, I have to stop life and be all in. And you and I both know looking at crisis crises is that if they don't, that's just not one and done. It's just not one, three hours in the ER. It's like weeks in a rehab facility. It's years of chronic issues that pop up in the middle of the night that can happen every few months. That is more of the fear and dread that I wonder what, what that looks like moving forward. Well, and you're right. When, when you're in crisis, 
you you move through and, and you were saying and, and just very just flew flowed right off your tongue because this is our world of oh you go to the hospital you go to the rehab da 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 well what in that conversation we don't realize or we we do realize that other people they get to the hospital you have a case manager hand you a list of 50 facilities and tell you to pick facilities you know nothing about so there there's stress and you keep on going down through and then you pick your facility and then you bring them home and you either have home health or non-medical or you have this decision that decision and each step is a different decision to make now the fact that you are actually bonding with your parents now and you're sitting there and going through the finances the their wishes things like that that's what we want all of you to do that is the perfect world because you are learning more about them as you go on but let's take that for instance melissa um if i may you had a family crisis this weekend which turned out well and and everything's fine had that not turned out well and you didn't know any of these thoughts or things that you all have discussed and bonded over with a lawyer and now you're starting here Who's going to pay for the rehab? Who's going to do this? How are we going to do it? Are we going to do it close to dad? Are we going to do it close to my house? Are we going to do it close to my sister's house? You know, it's all these things that you don't have answered that you're walking blindly. So right. making so, the hard decisions. I guess with the knowledge that we have, both coming from the list logistical guru side and the emotional guide side that the best way to navigate it doesn't make it easier doesn't make it less painful it's going to get ugly but if like I guess what you're saying is that I'm we as a family are being more proactive having the conversations connecting as a family when we still can over the types of um, responsibilities that are not fun. I mean, I, I'd much rather probably just go out to eat with my parents than go out to eat and then to the lawyer's office, you know, for, for weeks. But we weren't doing that. You, we were not being intentional. So that exercise actually made those interactions more intentional. And you're right. So we had a situation where my mom had to spend a few nights in the hospital from a virus and um, low sodium levels. And it was just a picture of of the future. It was just a picture of the future and, um, and what, again, the blending of what's going on in my life and then a crisis in their lives and how the two fold together. And, you know, that sense of, of dread, not that I don't love my parents and don't want to be there for them, but this, this dread of that's a big job to take care of somebody as they age. It is a huge job. And how in the world does that fit in to my life? Right? Well, and I think you hit that nail on the head right there. It's not because I don't love them. I do love them, but it's okay to still dread it because it is hard work and it does mess up your own life. It messes up 
their lives. It messes up everything. It changes where maybe, you know, and, and again, she went home and everything was fine. But what if she hadn't? And now you have to go and visit and you have to take things and you have to oversee and advocate. And then maybe you have a break. But each time, honestly, folks, it gets harder. So this was a simple stay. What if the next one's a little bit longer? And it is a sense of dread because it does change your life. But that does not in any way say you don't love them. You don't want to be there for them. I mean, it'd, it'd be great to be be the sibling because we all have them in our families that just goes with the flow and let somebody else do all the advocating and get all the, the nastiness and everything. That'd be terrific. But that's not being an advocate for your parent. And that is at this point, the most important thing for you to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a journey. And one where I guess my eyes are more open to what that journey looks like. We are working with somebody right now, both Melissa and I, that she has to do something that she doesn't want to do her relationship with her parent, her mother has always been not a good one. And now she has to go pull, go through this hard time and she's dreading it. I, I feel it for her. I know I have walked it, but it, it happens. And, and I just, I guess I can't say enough preparation, preparation, but I also can't say enough. It will be okay. Even after you get through these hard times and, and she's moving her mother into a facility and her mother doesn't want to go, but for safety issues, she has to. I mean, there is a time that sometimes you have to make that undesirable decision because that's safety and she will get past this. And, and as you said, it may or may not be as bad. Sometimes we can make it 10 times worse in our heads. It may not be as bad, but those occasions happen. You do them and you move on. And, and that's what I appreciate about where you are is that no, you, you know, now you're helping me because maybe one thing that you would have done differently is you would have wanted to be more informed heading into your journey. And so that's the gift you're giving back. But at the end of it, you have peace. You loved your mom. You know that your mom loved you and you know that it was just a really hard part of the journey and that now that it's over and it's, it, your life looks different now and you can move on with, with other, uh, you know, with the future ahead. We all need to realize that we are going to be the ones that are the burden at some point in time. There is somebody else that is going to be in our shoes now saying, oh my goodness, Melissa's in the hospital. I have to, I have to go take care of her and they're going to love me and they're going to show up and they're going to do it, but they're going to dread what that means, what that huge responsibility means to them in their life. But they're not going to like abandon me. They're not going to hate me for it. It's just this, it's, it's, it's what we do. This is the human experience, right? Right. Absolutely. It just, I like that. It's what we do. We just, we, you show up, you do it. Mm -hmm. One of the things uh, I was thinking about as well, when you were talking about working with your parents and we were talking about preparation, there are still folks in our parents' generations that feel like your children do not need to know anything. Mm 
And so that that is another challenge. There's ways that if you can really sit down and start talking when they're lucid in these early stages where Melissa is, and you might not get the answer today, but as you continue on, you're talking, you're making preparations, you're getting the information. Because if you wait till you're down here at the point where they're no longer able to make decisions, then you have no information and you're going on a treasure hunt. And my mom and I did have those conversations. We talked about different things. There was a huge check that I couldn't trace where it was. And as I talked to her, she remembered bits and pieces. She didn't remember all of it, but we figured it out. Of course, she got a kick out of it and thought we were being Nancy Drew. She she kept saying, isn't this fun? But (laughs) I'm not quite sure who it was fun for, but I guess so. So anyhow, it, it, it is the preparation. It is a part of life. And the more informed you are, the easier to move ahead. And just know that it's not always going to be happy days, but it does come out in the end and, and you'll be fine. I think the preparation can be a gift too, because like I was saying, with what we went through with the whole legal documents and all that. That was a lot of one-on-one time. That was a lot of getting to know my parents in in different ways and conversations and that we would not have had if we weren't doing that. Life would have just kept going for me. I would we I would have maybe called my mom. Uh, they got rid of their landline landline a long time ago and so my dad doesn't like pick up the phone. She tries to get him in the room and they talk on speakerphone, but that's what we, we allow to be how we bond in our rushed day-to-day lives. Right. But because we had to go down this path on the front end of, of preparing and getting ready, it gave us time to spend quality time together. And that is something that is, is great in, you, you don't want to wish you had that time back when the memories are fading. So ask them questions. And Robin and I have talked about a lot of times you have one family member and you go through the caregiving journey for the first time and then you learn a lot of lessons. And then when it comes time for the next family member, your, your other parent, you decide, oh, I'm going to do it differently this time. Maybe just look at that. Look at if you're in that situation, you're ready to do it differently, or you've seen your friends. Just remember that you have a choice now. You have a choice now to get off on the right foot and to start this journey in a different way and to create memories and bond and have the knowledge and the information heading in. It doesn't make it easy. As Robin told us <laughs> very directly, there will be a sense of dread, but don't avoid that sense of dread. Like, don't be the, what is it? The head in the ground? Oh, is that ostrich. ostrich. Yes, thank you. The ostrich <laughs> with its head in the ground. It's not going to make it easier if you avoid it. Right. And one thing too, just to add to that, that is totally different is that I had a friend who talked about after her mother passed through, and I think now with all this ancestry.com and 23andMe, people are going back and looking at family and, and generations and things, but there was some reason 
there was a story about one of their relatives that now they'll never know because they didn't know about this until their mother was too far into her disease process to tell them the story. So if you have questions about family history, or maybe it's time to look at pictures and say, who is this? I know I had, I got my mom's photo albums and I couldn't tell you one fourth of the people that were in those photo albums. No clue. So it is time to have with conversations. It's healthy. It's bonding. And you get to learn a little bit more about your family because at some point. Yeah. And you get to know more about yourself. You, you know, uh, like I found out just recently, of course, way back in the day when we were being born, you didn't know the sex of your child that you Mm. were about to have or the gender. And so when I was being born, I was either going to be Melissa or I was going to be Jeffrey. (laughs) I thought you were going to say Melvin. (laughs) No, Jeffrey. So me and all my sisters, because there ended up being three girls, so they only had to come up with one guy name, right? But that's like something that, you know, I, I learned about myself. I think it's kind of funny. If I was a boy, I would have been Jeff. So, so, so I'm going to call you JM now. JM. <laughs> but yeah, so you learn more about your parents and you learn more about yourself. So it's, it's a journey to prepare for, and it doesn't have to be a scary thing to prepare for, even though it's not an easy thing to prepare for. So That's I'm right. glad I have you in my corner, Robin, as I go on this journey so that I can lean on you. <laughs> Well, and things. that was my next statement is you don't have to go alone. You have us, you have other friends, you have family and utilize all those support systems and yes. go through it with somebody else. You don't have to be alone. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Robin, for your support and this wonderful conversation and all of you amazing daughters out there. We will catch you on our next episode. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.